How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. All right, uh, sometimes it's cool uh, to begin with uh, a little bit of vision for what we're all doing. It's easy to come into these rooms for a million reasons and kind of lose focus over uh, what it means to be gathered in Jesus' name. And so there's a little ditty called the Shema. Uh, You may have heard of it. Uh, Mark chapter 12, Jesus is once asked, how do you sum this whole thing up? Like, what is this whole thing about? And he, he says, Hear, O Israel. And what that means as we say it, hear these words because we're going to say this together, those of you want to kind of tap into this vision, this battle cry. When we say, hear, O Israel, Israel means wrestlers with God. What it means is tonight to be gathered in Jesus' name isn't to just be yes men, yes women. It's to take truth and dig and dive and, and see what's under there, burrow in. We want to wrestle with it, right? We want to take it. We want to we get it in a headlock and say, is this true or not? And so when we say, hear, O Israel, we're looking around the room going, you ready, you ready to wrestle? You ready to do this? You ready to dig for truth? You know? And then we say, uh, the, the Lord is our God. And when we're saying that, we're proclaiming out loud that Elohim, the, the one true God of the universe, is also intimately available to us because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This isn't like a Santa Claus gig. It's not like a pretend and make it real in your mind, but it's really not real kind of gig. This is a, this is a different gig. This is a God of the universe wants to intimately know each one of you. So we say, the Lord is our God. And we say, the Lord is one. He doesn't change. Everywhere you go, there he is. In him we live and move and find our being. And so then we say, because he's loved us so well, how do we love him back with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, the whole of who we are? So everything we're doing here tonight, that's what it's about. And then we say we love our neighbor as ourselves because the image of God sits around you right now. God has made the person beside you, crafted them to be image bearers of him. And it's a very sacred thing to sit in a room with this many people. To, so we love our neighbor as ourselves, all right? So we want to start with that. You ready to rock? All right, stand with me. Stand with me. And uh, I'll lead us this time. And um, you don't have to say it. Uh, but if you say it, I would argue you should probably say it uh, with, with some chutzpah, with some guts, all right? After me. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your hearts, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Amen. All right, while you're standing, let's read the verse for the night. This is the only thing we'll be about tonight is Matthew chapter 11. If we could pull the verse up, um, I want to read this over us, and let's give the first shot to the Holy Spirit, and let's stand for the Word of God, sit for my commentary. Let's stand for this, and don't wait for what I have to say. Like, this is the meat. This is the beautiful thing. This is, this is the honor, the sacred text. Let's look at this and find truth. So I'm going to read it slow. Give a chance for the Holy Spirit to do the major stuff of the night, and I'll just kind of follow up and connect some dots maybe. Listen from a very deep place. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, Father, lead us, guide us, show us what you got for us tonight. Um, Your word is precious. You are um, wonderful to us. So lead us. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say, 
Amen. All right, thanks. Have a seat. All right. So here's the situation. Um, when Christians get in rooms like this, um, it, it shouldn't be characteristic of us that what, what makes a gathering like this is like empty optimism, right? This isn't like a, a pep rally. It's cool that that's a part of it, I and mean, it's cool that we get, we get really pumped. But the idea is we're not, this isn't like an empty optimism. This isn't like uh, we come in here and we try to just nudge each other enough, and then we leave feeling good. The idea of following Christ at its epicenter is about honesty. That's what we would have a room like this character up. As Jesus Christ is the center of this room, then this group of people would be known around campus as being the most honest, truthful people about themselves, about reality, about everything. I mean, Jesus didn't come to make us like religious robots. He came to tap us in with the deepest part of what it means to be human. And what that means is that as we follow Jesus, as we gather around Jesus, uh, the things that are real in our lives, like fear, disappointment, frustration, uh, hurt, these things, they become part of the fibers of how we think and how we talk because those are real. Now, along with that, the joy, the laughter, the sunset tonight, the breeze, the quick random rain today, all of these things are the things we learn to be real about and honest about. But Jesus is the bedrock of all truth. Remember that. So if, if you are close to Christ, if you know Jesus and he's the light, what he's going to do is make you more real of a person. At the very basis of hypocrisy is someone who pretends, someone who goes, well, now we're at the FCA meeting and the C stands for some version of Christ, so I need to act a certain way in this gig. But man, tonight at 12, woo, a whole different world. You know? That type of hypocrisy, that type of pretending, right, that's the kind of thing that you would go, man, that's a lot of weight to carry all your life, to live these different layers in your life. So if you ever found yourself involved in a gathering that claims to be about Christ, but people seem more and more fake, more and more a, a mask that's on, more and more layered, and maybe Christ isn't the center of what we're all doing, you know? So let's, let's aim at tonight, what if Jesus was the center, and what if these words were true? Well, then the reality is we'd have to begin by admitting certain things. Number one, in this text, if you go to the next slide, we're going to take certain pieces of the text tonight and work with it. So if you go to the next slide, we're going to highlight one particular part of it, all who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus is calling all who labor and are heavy laden. So let's talk about this. Let's use some illustrations. This is how we roll. So the idea of labor is that we all have this sort of weight, right, that, that we carry. It's a reality of all of life. Everybody's got stuff in this box, and it's the weight of your life. Not everybody has the same weight. Sometimes we look at other people's weight, and we go, that doesn't seem that hard. Other times we go, I could never do that. But the weight, the labor he's talking about, it's the reality of the things in life that are hard. Think about your past. Think about the thing that you remember was said to you when you were younger. The thing that was done to you that, when you were younger. The thing that hurt you years ago. And you've learned in environments like this, when I get on stage at the beginning and say, how's everybody doing? We say, good. We say, fine. Because that's what Christians do, Right? That's what we're supposed to do. But I wonder if Christ could see inside of our histories how much he would find that there are aspects of us that aren't good, 
There are aspects of us that hurt. There are people in the room that maybe still can't call God Father because of what their father did to them. There are people who maybe don't look at men and women the same way because they were hurt by people of a certain gender. There are people who have really delicate and really difficult and really fragile pasts. And the goal of, of being around Christ isn't to say, hurry up, get on the worship team. It's to go, let's be honest, let's be real. Let's don't be overdramatic, but let's be honest. And there's present tense wait, right? Not just past, present tense. Classes are getting a little hard, I imagine. You know, there are things that are starting to be weighty. I remember when I was a, a freshman here, I was in a, a statics class as a freshman, civil engineer major, and I'd, I'd kind of like breeze through high school. I was like, what up? You just, yeah, you just learn what the teacher wants and you do the dance and you get a B plus. I'm, I'm good. We do this for the rest of my life. Come to college, have this professor, and he's like, I'll just, I'll literally just eat you. You're not getting out of my class, you know, unless you really work hard. I'm like, whatever, I know the drill. And I waited, waited, waited. I could not pass any of his tests. I remember walking from the library right across that little, you know, tree area as you're walking towards, you know, where Cora is now. And I was, I was, I was walking over there and I just remember looking at a tree. I can walk by now, see that tree. And I remember that thought. I just thought I am 1000% sure I have a learning disorder. And I kept going like, I don't know what's wrong with me. You know what I mean? These other engineers are like, beep, 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 you know, the square root of X. And I was like, what in the world? Like, what, y'all are sniffing this stuff up like you like it. And I'm like, who cares about a dumb X? You know what I mean? Like, why are we solving for this crud? You know, when are you going to ever need four pages of calculus? What is, what is statics? You just, I don't even know. You know, I still don't know. I, I, I eventually took the class two times and passed it. But the point is, that's some weight. That's some weight. It's some weight. Maybe some of y'all left your house and now you're in college and you visited your parents, you've talked to your mom and dad, and maybe there's this growing present tense weight where you go, you know what? Things seemed good when I was at the house and they kind of bided their time with each other with me in the middle, but now that I've left, is dad still into mom? Is mom still moved by dad? Where is this thing going? Because we know the drill, right? We know how many people when the child leaves, they go, do I like you still? And the D, the D word comes up and things change. And maybe some of you are carrying that weight and wondering, whoa, 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 what? Maybe some of you are dating and that's some weight. Maybe you, some of you wish you were dating and that's some weight. Weight is everywhere. And then there's future weight. There's ideas of where am I going to work when I get out? Does this major actually accomplish anything? Like what am I going to do? Am I going to get married? Who am I going to marry? This weight. And when Jesus says all who labor, he's acknowledging that part of the human experience is we all have weight. You with me so far? Okay, good. All right, we're going to roll then. So then he goes, all who labor and are heavy laden. What does it mean to be heavy laden? What it means is now we have to start asking the question, what does it look like not just to have weight, but now to begin to pull this weight? That's heavy laden. This is the burden. This is the, this is the difficulty of pulling this along in life. And it's not all the same. Some of us have smaller things in other people's eyes, but the way it hits us, the weight is the weight. The heaviness is the heaviness. And Jesus says some people, the labor, everybody eventually is going to have a heavy ladenness to them. Heavy laden means it's, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be tough. It's going it's to mess you up. It's going to be hard. And here's the reality is life is hard. And Jesus is acknowledging that. He's not being mad at us. He's not saying, oh, you're so weak. He's going, no, no, the labor, the labor it's, it's going to be hard. So as you pull this, as you pull the things of your past and the anxieties of your future and the unknowns and the darkness and the fear and the whatever, as you pull this, how do you know you're heavy laden? 
Well, when people ask you how you're doing, do you say words like busy, stressed, tired, exhausted, things that are not normative of people who are like, life is just so easy. The reality is you're heavy laden, and that's okay. You have some stress, you have some weight, but you need to acknowledge it. You're pulling some things, right? Life didn't go the way you thought, and you're pulling it. You're pulling it. And, and, and do you find yourself not just saying, I'm busy, but do you ever just sit in your room, in your dorm, in your apartment, and nothing's even happening, right? You just turn the TV off. Wasn't like, a, like, like calisthenics. You weren't doing aerobics, you know? But you just huff. You ever just get up out of your seat and just go, huh. Like you didn't run a marathon, you know, but you just thought, bro, I got to solve, you know, world hunger tomorrow. You know, it's just something comes over you like I got that exam tomorrow. <sighs> That huff, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth huffs. And if you're huffing a lot, maybe it's because deep down you're heavy laden. Are you with me so far? I am. It's a reality. He is, okay? It's reality. It's a reality of who we are. And it goes beyond that. There's days we wake up, we're awake for about 30 whole seconds, and somehow the entire agenda for the day runs before our eyes as if we have to solve everything of the next 12, 15, 18 waking hours in the first 30 seconds. And it can feel like a thousand pounds just to pull yourself to get to the shower and get ready for the day because you and your mind, you feel it all in that moment. That's heavy laden. Maybe you think, okay, here's how I'll deal with this. If I just can get the next click, this thing will get easier. I'll pull it. If I can just get, you know what? If I get married, that'll do it. Yeah, here's an idea. Um, when you get married, let me just like go ahead and burst the bubble. When you get married, you're going to make a lifelong covenant to unconditionally love somebody who's made in a very different reflection of God's image than you are. And you're going to have to figure out whether you can go to Wendy's or Moe's at night. You know, you're going to have to figure out everything together. It's really hard. Find a really healthy, really awesome, really amazing marriage, and I'll give you $10 if they look at you in the eyes after being married 20 years and it be a fulfilling marriage that's better for the world, better for God, and better for each other. I will give you 10 bucks if they say this, this gig was easy. That's not what they say. You know, and no one says that. That goes hard. There's a lot of this. A lot of, oh, golly, why are you mad at me again? Did I do something? There's a lot of this. You know, a lot of like, what's going on? So getting married isn't going to solve it. You just got two people in the car then. You know what I mean? It's hard enough with one, you know, and you're both trying to go different directions. It's beautiful. Is it worth it? Is it amazing? Yes. I'm not saying hard is bad. I'm saying hard is a reality of anything worth being good. It's the kingdom of God. So go for the hard. The hard is this is not shaming you. It's not shaming you. It's going, it's the reality. The kingdom of God is hard. We'll get to that more in a minute. Maybe when you get a job, yeah, I'll get easier then. Get, I'm down with this studying, man. Never mind this. I want to get a job. Do you know what job? Job, also a synonym is work. And the root word of work is work. You know what I mean? You're actually pulling things, right? You're going to have a boss. They're not necessarily going to be like, here I am to worship. They're going to be like, stay late, get it done, or you're fired. That's the way the world works. It's super hard. Life is hard. It's the reality of how this thing goes. And Jesus is acknowledging that. And so what he's doing with this, as he says, heavy laden, what he wants from us is to understand what's your play going to be? What you going to do? What you going to do? You, you're going you're gonna to scroll on your phone a little more? What are we going to do? Is there something at the bottom? And when you get to the bottom of scrolling, is there going to be like, woo, now the weight's off. You know what I mean? Is, is, is when you get that notification that it's be real time, is that like, woo, no more weight. You know what I'm saying? Just got to be real for a minute and pose. You know what I mean? It's like, really? 
Is be real really moving us closer to the truth? Really, is it? I'm not bashing it, I'm just saying, is that really working? Is it, have you found yourself less heavy laden since the new thing happened that's really just running ads on the bottom making other people rich on your backs? Is that really what this thing is? Is that how we do it? Or the botanical gardens in Y Beach, is that what we do? The new Christian Sabbath. Go, 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 go take a break for an hour or two. Man, that almost feels like you can go, it's out of my hands. I'm just gonna chill at the Y Beach, you know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna go to botanical gardens, look at a tree. And listen, I'm the king of going and kayaking and surfing. I have thousands of dollars invested in recreational ways to Sabbath with the Lord God. But you know what I find? Is that what it is, it's a lot of distraction. And when I come back from that vacation, you know what I feel, what I felt all along, is that weight, even though I dropped it out of my hands, I'm still pulling it. And you get back in the car after Y Beach and it hits you like a ton of bricks. I've still got to solve these problems. You with me on that? Amen. It's just the way it works. It's the way it works. Should, should we take breaks? Sure. But that's not what this verse is calling. This verse is calling us to something different, so let's move on. All who labor and are heavy laden, what does he tell us to do once we come, become honest with ourselves and go, this is heavy? What does he tell us to do? Next slide. He says, come to me. Come to me. So what he's saying is, we've been doing this number. We've been pulling it. We've been pulling it. We've been pulling it. What Jesus is not saying is drop the weight because I'm arguing it's an impossibility. Some of that weight you're supposed to be carrying. Jesus never told us to drop the weight. He says, while you're carrying the weight, while you're pulling all this, I want you just to swing over here my way. I want you to come to me. I want you to just sit with me. I want you to take the same energy that you're doing pretending to pull this, and I want you just to sit with me. Come to me. It's gonna take some effort. Because you're going to have to take your mind off the weight for a second and put your mind just on the person of Christ. That's very tangible. Christ is not physically here. This is going to be tough. But this is, his, this is his command. Come to me. Come to me. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is the only time in the scriptures Jesus really talks about his heart. It's a beautiful thing to know the heart of Jesus. Who are you coming to when you go from like, you know, I just keep it up, to more like, Wow. What are we doing here, Jesus? I'm coming to you. What do you want from me? He says, I'm, 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 I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. What does that mean? Gentle means this. When you go to him, what he's not going to do is look at you pulling this and sweating and going, this is Lord Jesus. He's not going to look at you and be harsh. He's not going to be disappointed in you. He's not going to go, well, if you had just said no, that's not what he's going to say. He's not going to say, well, I mean, Jason over there, he got over it earlier. And you're still, you're still like, you can't get over this? That's not what he meant. He says, my heart is gentle. You know what that means? It means he's for you. He's for you. And when you come to him with all this weight and you look away from the weight, he's going to look away from the weight. You look in his eyes, he's going to look at you. He's going to go, I adore you. Like, I love you. He's gentle. Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus is going to look at you and put some giant guilt trip on you because life is heavy. He's going, no, I'm gentle. But you know what he says beyond that? He says, I'm lowly. You know what lowly means? Lowly is the idea of he's humble. He's low. He, it means he, he's been where we are before. He understands. So when we come to Jesus and we go like, I'm just pulling all this weight, God. I'm pulling all this weight. You don't get what it's like because like, people make fun of me and people say I'm different and people, and people broke up with me and, and my parents don't... He's going to go like, um, can I tell you a story about my lowliness? I was once in a human body, and there doesn't exist an emotion, a type of sin, 
a type of difficulty, a type of brokenness that I haven't myself come face to face with. So when he says he's lowly in heart, he's saying, I'm like you. I'm like you. My heart is that I, I connect with this. I know what it was like to, to be your age. I, I was 18 once, you know, and I was waiting for the Father to send me out. You know, like, let me do my mission. But 18 years old, it was silence. He was just a regular old dude hanging out, you know, creating some things, working with his hands. And his mom's like, hey, you know, your dad's God. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's got a plan for you. So, but he's like, hey, I've been 18 years. I don't see anything. I'm just walking around school. Everybody's like, hey, what's up? Hey, Zeus, you know, what's, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Yeshua, what's up? What's going on? And he's like, gosh, even my name means God who saves, but I'm not saving anybody right now. You know what that was like for him to live 30 years in utter no one knows himness? You know what I mean? He carried some weight. But then when he came out publicly, was baptized. Oh, that was a lot easier. I mean, ooh, that just fell off of him. When everybody's like, you know, this guy right here, see this guy right here, Jesus? He hangs out with drunkards. <laughs> you know, you see this guy? He's a nobody. And then the very people he's trying to save and, and, and he's dying for while he's sweating and bleeding blood out in the garden. You think that was some weight? You know, you ever sweated so hard of an exam that blood comes out of your pores? That's what Jesus is thinking while he's contemplating giving his life for all of humanity just to be nailed to the cross by the very people he's dying for. He gets it. He's been lower than we, he's felt this more than we ever could. And that's what he's trying to say is, come to me, come to me. I get you, I understand you, I'm not mad at you. Just give me a shot. I'm not as real as your professor is physically here, but I'm as real as you would let me be spiritually for you. I will be more real than the physical if you will just come to me. Now, then he says, next slide, he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. This is a yoke from, not from Jesus' day exactly, but uh, it's pretty old school. It's probably, probably hails from Powdersville, I'm sure. Uh, it's uh, back in the 1700s maybe-ish. Uh, supposed to be a thousand bucks. I got a good deal on it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a big old yoke. Anybody, you probably know what this is, right? Here's how this operates. What you have is an ox and an ox, two oxen come under this thing. There's weight that is pulled by the yoke. And Jesus says, after he says, come to me, the second thing he says is, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. So what, is, what does that mean? When he says, take my, poke, my, my, poke, take my yoke upon you, what is he saying there? Remember, Jesus is saying, I know everything you've ever been through. I have a verse for that. Hebrews 4, I'll just give you a verse to remind you of this. Hebrews 4. It says about Jesus that he's able to sympathize with us in every way. It says in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15, he says, Jesus was tempted in every respect as we have been. So he knows everything. So then after saying, I, I identify with you, he goes, take my yoke, take my yoke. And that's the invitation, take my yoke. And so what is he saying is come to me with all this weight. Come to me with all this weight, and I want you to understand that what I'm offering you is a new way to carry weight. That's what this verse is about, a new way to think about the stress of your life. But here's the problem. Hold this for a minute. Just hold on to that. Remember that it's attached and we're carrying weight. Let's just do a, an objective observation really quick about what it means to take on the yoke of Jesus. When you come to Jesus, the dilemma is he's already got a yoke, and that yoke already has weight. And when you come to Jesus, there is a reality that we all can be honest about that following Jesus 
is in and of itself a new kind of heart. When you come to Christ, there is no promise in the New Testament that life gets easier. The closest that would be was in in this verse, and we'll talk about in a minute. That's not the Greek uh, translation of that word that 90% of scholars would agree with. And it's still, even if it was, it doesn't mean, that's not what he's saying. Jesus categorically says the opposite throughout the scriptures. He says, if you follow me, you're going to have to take a cross. If you follow me, you're going to have to die. The world's going to hate you. So when you're over here going like, I'm trying to pull the possibility that I could be sick. I could have an eating disorder. I'm trying to pull this. And he's like, take my yoke. Then what he's saying is, when you look at my yoke, you're going to be the ox that goes right here. And you're going to have to understand that to come and put your head under here is now to add to your weight, Jesus' weight. Jesus doesn't take away weight. He adds weight. That's an interesting concept in the kingdom. Let's prove it. First, let me give you an example. Imagine in a few years you got a boss that's being not nice to you at your job, right? And you're like pulling the weight, you know, just imagine. You know? And so you're pulling this weight. You're going like, oh, man, last night my boss was like so mean. He said he hated me. He said I'm not good for anything. And then you go home, weight, heavy ladenness. Oh, my goodness. If you pull this weight without following Jesus, here's the weight you pull. What did I do to deserve that? Man, like I'm going to call his supervisor Man, I really still want that raise. He better give me that raise. But listen, you take on Jesus' yoke and you put your head under here, you know what you add to that? Jesus cares as much about your boss as he does you. And now when you go to Jesus and go, help me with my boss, he's gonna go, I'm sorry, that boss is also made in your image. So while we're working on all the weight you're carrying, I want you to add to it the reality that I died for your boss's salvation. And maybe your boss has some problems of their own at home. And maybe if you take on the compassion that I feel for your boss, you might end up while working through your own feelings, actually sharing the gospel with this person, loving this person. And Jesus is gonna compel us to add more kinds of weight because he's not just concerned with us. He's concerned with the whole world. Are you with me? When you follow Jesus, you add to whatever you're doing. The idea of how do the lost, poor, broken, and oppressed factor into this? How do I make disciples? How do I forgive my enemies? You pull in your own weight. You're not thinking about forgiving your enemies. You're not getting them back, eye for an eye. You go to Jesus' yoke. Oh my gosh, you're gonna follow me? We're, we're, we're gonna work on forgiving that guy, all right? See, you follow me on this? This is controversial stuff. But it's the reality of the kingdom of God. Throughout the scriptures, Jesus is adding weight. He's not taking it away. He's adding weight. So why would anybody in their right mind go from like, life is tough, to let me, let me click this on right here. <laughs> let me click it on. Ooh, all right. And let me just put my little head right under here. And what, why, do, why would I want to look back? And why would I want to pull his weight and my weight? Why would I want to do that? Because Jesus is the most beast ox you've ever heard of. And when you put your head in this yoke, you are beside Jesus Christ, the ox of all ox. Are you with me? And you can put a million pounds back there and he's not gonna flinch. And see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's gotta think about the lost, the poor, the broken, the oppressed, the whole world. This guy right here can handle it. All right, quick story. I think I got a minute. Quick story. Uh, I'll work out. That was for somebody. End of, end of story. Revelation 3. Uh, no, just kidding. All right. So uh, <laughs> I work out. You can't tell it. I don't care. Um, uh, I, I work out. But let me, let me explain why you might can't tell it. It's not like a fike kind of gym I go to. All right. I remember fike. I remember what, mirrors everywhere. You know, mm, oh, yeah. And you're just like, 
everybody that walks in, you're like, are they here to see me? You know, and you're just like, he's going, everything's just going, right? Adrenaline, you know, just like, that's fight. The gym I've been at for about, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years, I'll just give you a visual. It's attached to a church, it's a church gym. That might give you enough. But it was a big old rec center built beside a, a really cool Baptist church. And um, it's gotten better, but like, let me give you a feel for it. It does have freeways, let's just say, it does have freeways. But <clears throat> along with that, you know, the, the, the average age of the person working out there might be more in the like, the early bird special kind of crowd. They're a little bit older, you know, so it's an older church, so a lot of senior citizens there, which I love, I think that's wonderful, but there's not a lot of people like really pumping iron. And it's not like a really conducive environment to a lot of, it's a lot of like, it's gotten better, but it used to be like verses everywhere because it's like a church gym. And so it'd be like, verses are like, your body is a temple and other verses used completely out of context. Like, uh, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. I'm like, I don't think... I just don't think that's what Paul was thinking. You know what I mean? I don't think he's like, I just don't think he's like, let's not farm anymore because that's really physically hard all the time. And let's go lift pieces of metal for no reason while we quote a verse about our strength in Christ. But it's cool. It creates a vibe where you'll see girls working out there, you know, and they're like getting little pink weights. And they're, I'm not, I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that's literally they have pink and purple weights. And you'll see like girls being like, like the idea is they'll be like working out with like verses around going like, for God so love the world. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like you're working this a little. You're working like the heart, the, the soul a lot. You know, that's what that's about. They've gotten better. It's a little bit more tense now. I was like the biggest dude there for about like six, seven, eight years. Then this dude walked in. Uh, I don't know his name. I call him Ivan. Um, <clears throat> he's like Yugoslavian, I think. Um, I played him in basketball and he like dominated me. He's super huge. Like, like the mold he was made out of is like, it's just a giant framed human. And so I was guarding him his underarm pit ended up like a lot in my face. And uh, I was just like, hey, Ivan, you know? And then he just grunts back. And like, my, our whole relationship was a lot of grunting from him. And so he works out there oh, a few years back. And he's ginormous. He comes in there, pushes a bunch of weight up there, puts all the plates on that can fit on the bar. And he's lifting, grunting, making all these noises. When he comes in and I'm in, I'm like, I'll just, it'll be leg day because he's doing the biceps, you know? So I just go to the other side of the gym. But one day I came in, I thought he was leaving. He's still there. And I decided to go hit the, the bench, you know what I mean? Start doing some chest. And so I get up there and um, he looks over at me, kind of grunts. And he looks at me, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he'd give me the stare down. I'll show Ivan. And so I start putting more weight on, you know. Like, well, it's going to be a warm-up. I'm like, Ivan, you're going to stare me down? We'll go all the way. And so I put, you know, two plates on, and he's still looking at me, you know. And so I, I lift that, and I put some more on, you know. I'm not putting three plates, but I start figuring out it looks a lot better when you start putting a bunch of fives, you know what I mean. So I'm like, five pounds, two and a half pounds, duct tape my watch to the end, whatever, you know what I mean. It's full, Ivan. So I got like a full, I mean, this thing is, 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 is way more than I should be lifting. I get down, start lifting it, do a little like, you know, pull up on the bar, look up. And what's Ivan doing? He's giving me the eye. He's like staring at me, you know? He's like, you're going to do that weight? Doesn't say anything, just stares at me. I lay down, get that thing off the rack, you know? I'm like, man, yeah, I'm strong, you know? Because when you use all your back and your legs to then bow your elbows in, you tend to get a thousand pounds, you know? 
But then I, I let my elbows go out and I remembered like gravity and the whole thing's like slowly starting to kill me. You know, and the thing's coming down. I'm like, we good, you know what I mean? And I'm going like this and I'm thinking, my body's a temple, my body's a temple. You know, it's like, I can do all things. And so, and what happens is these two fingers wrap around the bar about six inches in front of my nose. These fingers, man, let me just tell you about these fingers. If you put shoes on them, they would be two legs because Ivan wraps his fingers around the bar. And he just goes like this, two fingers, and he pulls up, and then I pushed it up, and by I, I mean Ivan mostly pushed it up. And I'm like, I just did three million pounds and two watches duct taped. Look how strong we are, Ivan. And he leans over, his first words to me ever were like, this is why I stare at you. And it was so awesome. It sounded mean at first, but what he meant was he eyes me because he knows I can't handle the weight I put on, and he's there ready to jump and put his two calf thigh fingers around it <laughs> and lift it up. And what I'm telling you is all the weights available in the church gym that I'm a part of could be put in this box and in this box, and as long as Ivan is here, we good. You know what I'm saying? And when Jesus Christ says, take my yoke, he's saying, yes, your life is hard. It feels heavy. You are stressed. You are anxious. But we are going to carry it. And I'm the most beast ox you've ever heard of. That's Jesus. Right what I'm saying? That's, why his, that's, his, that's his invitation. He says, my yoke is easy. A better translation is simple. It means it's not super complex. You're not like, how do we work this thing? You just get in it, and it's easy. And what does he say? The burden for me... The burden for me is not going to be heavy because when these two things get attached, all of my problems, all of my sin, all of my anxiety, and when Jesus has his own thing of how do you forgive the very people who abused you when you were younger and how do you love your neighbor well, when all of it comes on, when we're sitting here not focused on the weight, our eyes are locked on Jesus, things change. Are you with me? I've always had this visual of like whenever something really bad happens in my life, I'm like, oh, the world hates me, I'm, I'm done. I'll imagine Christ on the cross, like having, having his hand nailed in while I'm having my hand nailed in. And I always have this visual of his head just turning towards me while I'm about to complain and him going, me too. We got this. And it's such an empowering idea what he's teaching us here. Let's go a little further, next slide. He says, take my yoke upon you. He says, learn from me. What does learn from me mean? Learn from me means that when you go to Jesus and you yoke yourself with him and you really let your honest attempt be to fixate your eyes on Christ, not on the weight. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Be the one who pulls this. I can't carry this. I'm heavy laden. And he shows up and he's the ox and he pulls under his yoke. What's so wonderful about him is he says, the third thing he says is, come to me, take my yoke, that's on us. We have to take the yoke. And third, he says, learn from me. What does that mean really quickly? It means Jesus is so gentle and so lowly that he's not just going to look at us and say, I'll take all the weight. He's going to say, I'm going to show you how to carry what you're carrying. I'll teach you to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. I'll show you the difference between doing something good and doing something right. We'll work on your schedule together. And about those things of the past, listen to me carefully. If you yoke yourself with Christ, he's so gentle and so lowly. 
He's so willing to teach us that I, the Christ I know will begin to go with you back into your history and show you how he felt when you were abused. He will go back with you in time and he will show you his tears. And he go, you were crying, I was crying. I felt your pain. Listen, I've always been pulling this. You've, all, you've been pulling this way, but it's always been connected to me. I've always been wanting this. This is what I've always wanted to do. I've always, but you pull it off of me. You yank it back. But I've always understood that when you were younger, when you got hurt, I was there. I saw it. I wept with you. You just didn't know me. But if you learn to come to him and be yoked with him, you'll see him cry when you're, when you're crying. You know what I'm saying? He feels it with you. He's lowly. He's me. Last slide. Not last slide. He says, I will give you rest. This is a promise. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. What does that mean? It means you can come to him in the midst of all the weight. And instead of taking your energy of, I just need to say no to everything from now on. That's a, that's a meaningless endeavor. You're always going to have things that say yes to you, even when you're saying no to them. Life is going to be hard. Let's just absorb that. But if you go to him, he says you will find rest. But that rest is not going to be physical rest all the time, mental rest, emotional rest. He's going to go right for the core and your soul will be at peace. Instead of changing the weight, you will change to see the weight differently because your eyes will be on Christ. Isn't that a cool gospel understanding? He's in here with us. So I hate uh, saying these things and not doing something about them. So let's end with um, a chance to test Jesus on this. Not testing like a don't test the Lord your God, but like a test knowing that he's promised it and it will come true. Here's what I would suggest for the next few minutes. Let's think about the weight that we're carrying. Let's consider this weight. Let's identify it. And wherever you are uh, in your life right now, kind of come to where you may be, um, imagine as you sit here, identify something right now within you that you're going, this is heavy. It's an anxiety for the future. It's a thing that hits me first thing in the morning when I wake up. It's a frustration I feel towards a friend who stabbed me in the back. Now, you can keep burying it. You can keep putting it in the box. And you can keep telling yourself time heals all wounds. But time also makes wounds super infected and you die from those wounds. So the kingdom of God isn't about just put it in the box. The kingdom of God is about why don't you come to me? So if you want to, I would suggest sometimes our physical bodies need to be utilized in a way that unlocks spiritual realities. So much of the kingdom of God is about take a physical supper, move your body towards the drink to remind yourself of a spiritual reality. So I would suggest as an invitation, you stay in your seat if you want, but I would invite you. Can I have the prayer team go ahead and come up to use y'all as an illustration? Uh, the prayer team can go ahead and get where you're going to be around the stage right now. That would be amazing. But what if you... Could, could take a journey even just out of your seat, just to the edges of the aisle, just around the floor, whatever you want to do. And just as you walk down, say to yourself, Jesus, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm leaving this idea of just bury it. I'm coming to you. I'm pulling the weight. Feel the weight. Feel the weight with every step you take. Feel the weight. But as you feel the weight, what if you could come to Jesus and what if you could, and you can do this in your seat, but what if you symbolically just come to Jesus in a way where you say, I want to take your yoke. And you understand that following him means you're going to have a lot more stuff possibly thrown on you. That's right. 
It's going to mean that life could get harder, but you're taking his yoke, his yoke, and he's the big ox. What if you, in a matter of seconds, could feel peace and rest in your soul without having to change anything? You don't change the test. You don't change the boyfriend. You don't change any of that. But Christ himself is the rest. He's the one who brings it. Now, I love the idea next. He says, learn from me. And what if you could just stay here long enough? He's not more here than he is in your seat, so do this in your seat is fine, but there's something about sometimes just taking a step, you know, and just get a space, get, work, work the space a little bit, go to the prayer room if you need, go outside, just have some space just to go, teach me, Jesus. Show me how when I get back up or when we leave tonight and I get back in my car, I go back to my dorm, this thing's gonna hit, you know what I mean? Teach me, I wanna learn from you and see if the Holy Spirit gives you just enough vision to make it through the night moment by moment with rest in your soul. You know what I'm saying? This is the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting in the wording, it says rest for your souls. Why does it switch to the plural? My, my suggestion is this, that sometimes going through all this all of your own isn't the easiest thing to do. It's a communal idea. And so you have this wonderful team of people that can pray for you. What's up, Morgan? Um, and so it, it, you can go to some people down here and you can just simply sit before them. And you can just say, hey, Morgan, here's the thing right now. Here's the weight I feel. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in the right major. I don't know what I want to do with my life. And it's a lot of weight, you know? And these people have committed their lives tonight to do spiritual warfare on your behalf so that you wouldn't be deceived away from the rest of your soul that Jesus promises you. If you don't take advantage of this, and you're burying stuff, I don't know, I don't know. Do you want rest, really? I mean, do you really want rest? Or do you like the vicious cycle? It's a chance you have just to let this truth sit in. So let me pray for you and for all of us that we take advantage of the beautiful, sacred moment here, and we would rest in our souls. Jesus. Thank you that you provide instruction that captures the very nature of the difficulty of being human. Thank you that in your gentleness and lowliness, you understand us. You weep with us. You relate to us. And you acknowledge that life is heavy. Jesus, I, I feel like I want to give a gift to everybody in here right now, but I'll just be straight up with you in prayer, your God. I really feel like it would be a gift to you more than anything if a bunch of people allowed you to make good on your promise for the next few minutes. For you to see us really trust in the gospel, that your life, death, and resurrection would allow us to know you well enough that we could come to you, we could take your yoke, we could feel you lifting the load and we would listen to you and learn from you. What a blessing I would imagine that must be for you, Jesus, the great big ox, to allow us to honor you by letting you carry the weight that's rightfully yours that you signed up for. You willingly tell us, take my yoke. Could you do some supernatural stuff in the next few minutes? as we forget about putting our eyes on the weight and we put our eyes on you. Bring healing, bring words of affirmation, bring truth 
Use the prayer team to tap in supernaturally to things you may have to say to them. Let little words that are spoken over people as hands are laid upon people's shoulders, let this be a connected moment of all of us just allowing ourselves to be free before you and find rest beyond botanical gardens, beyond our phones, beyond Y Beach, beyond the rest beyond our wildest imaginations and our souls that comes from you. Bring that rest, Jesus, in your name.